KXNO Des Moines. Now, today's biggest stories from the BMW of Des Moines Sports Desk. This is an X's and O's update on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And I'm Trent Condon. Iowa State football coach Matt Campbell announced today the additions of two coaches to the staff. Former Cyclone All-American Joel Lanning, along with Kyle Kempt, will be back with the team in a coaching capacity as quality control assistants. The high school state softball tournament brackets were revealed last night after the regional finals. In Class 4A, Carlisle the number one seed, while Dallas Center Grimes will be the sixth seed opposite Charles City. In Class 5A, Waukee the top seed. They'll face Ottumwa, Indianola against Johnston, and Valley faces Fort Dodge. State tournament play begins on Monday. We go to baseball. The Cubs dug themselves a hole early against Cincinnati. They come back to force extra innings and then this. Schwarber drives one in the air, left center field and deep, back toward the wall, near the fence, it's got a chance, Cubs win! Kyle Schwarber, a game-winning home run! The call from 670, the score as Schwarber hits his 21st home run of the year, a 4-3 win for Chicago. The Brewers trying to keep pace with Atlanta in town, and the reigning MVP, Christian Yelich, goes deep again. Yelich, a drive, right center! And it's a grand slam! First of the year for the Brewers. The call on Fox Sports Wisconsin as Yelich hits his 33rd home run of the season. Today, a heavy slate of Major League Baseball starts at 12-10 with the Twins hosting the Mets. 12-15, the Cardinals host the Pirates. 1-10, the Brewers and the Braves. And the Cubs and Reds finish up their series at 1-20. It'll be you, Darvish, for the Cubs against Sonny Gray. Tomorrow, the Open Championship gets started in Northern Ireland. 12-35, the first tee time. Zach Johnson tees off at 3.47 a.m. And Tiger Woods at 9-10. Tomorrow and Friday, Miller and Condon goes on the road with live shows from Chicago and Big Ten Media Days, presented by Thunderhead Sports Bar in Ankeny and Three Sons Bar and Grill in West Des Moines. Stay up to date at KXNO.com and all day on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Live from the Wild Rose Casino and Resort Jefferson Studios, you'd rather be here. This is 1460 KXNO. 24-hour sports anywhere in the world on iHeartRadio. This is 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO, David Kaplan, 10 minutes or so. Catch up with the Cap Man. Opine on Chicago sports, particularly the Cubs, but I'm sure we'll move around a little bit and make it sound like we're doing this live. <laughs> I already know what we talked about. We taped it at 8.35. You love to talk about that. Well, I think it's, you think we're really pulling the wool over people's eyes? I don't want to be perceived as trying to do that. I gotcha. I gotcha. I think people know. Well, now, of course, there's always new people. That's and my hope, Trent. As we're getting to the end of the summer, more and more people starting Are to... Are finding sports talk radio yes, again. Yes. Many people take a break, they which do? is fine. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Well... <laughs> To each their own. Okay, we want as fair. many people here as possible, of course. To all four of the local shows. Yes. But it's football. Mm-hmm. And it's back. And it's back because we say it's back. Yes. Uh, and we know that NFL, four of the 32 NFL teams started training camp today. The Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Ravens, and the Broncos have begun training camp Today and this is in Denver's case. This is everybody. This isn't you know the the rookies, right? Right. 
and then we'll bring in the vets a week later. In Denver's case, they're all there. Because they got the Hall of Fame game against Atlanta. Atlanta. And Atlanta doesn't start till next week, I think. They're, hmm. Which I found strange as well. Yeah, that is odd. Because you would have thought that they would have started you know, in preparation. Because that Hall of Fame game is two weekends away. We're 50 days away from the first regular season game of the NFL. Well, you know what the Hall of Fame game to me does? I, I'm probably the one. <laughs> For whatever reason, I, 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 that's the Sunday or whenever the game mm-hmm. is played. Yeah. It's like, man, finally get here. Hurry up, 7 o'clock. And it's, you're going to see the guys from maybe one series in the quarterback. A lot of times it's not even Don't that even anymore. play, yeah. right. But it's just... It's pads popping. It's that. It's Nance and Romo, or it's whatever. It's, it's one of the A-teams mm-hmm. will be there doing the game, so... I'm excited about the Hall of Fame game. Year I'll two of uh, the Monday Night Football crew, because ESPN has it now here recently, haven't <clears throat> yes. they? So we get- yeah, and Romo and Nance, actually, you're right, because they set up a an auxiliary booth on the other side of the field when Romo had yet to do a game. Oh, that's right. And they practiced in Canton doing the game. It didn't take much practice. I, I would him. love to hear that tape, by the way. How different it was than what he... Kind of morphed into if it was different at all. I don't think it probably would have been. I honestly, I think the kid's a natural. I watched uh, the NFL Network Football Life a couple of Saturdays ago, and they I watched back to back ones. Actually, three of them. It was Aikman, Emmett, and Romo. I don't know if it was Cowboy Day or whatever, and I watched all three of them because I like all three of them. I'm a huge Troy Aikman fan, and Tony Romo is just one of those guys that he's just better than you at everything. You know, one of your friends. That you grew up with, uh-huh. played every single sport and every uh-huh. single team he was on. He was the best player on that team. Yep. And I mean, Tony Romo just won a yep. golf tournament this weekend for crying out loud. Easily. In, in Easily. convincing fashion. It's not fair, right? No. Those guys one, are annoying. They, they are kind of annoying. No doubt about that. All right. Uh, so your plans today, you know, I, in a way I kind of feel bad. In a way I kind of don't. Okay. Because you were the one that alerted me to these cheap fares that you found for us yeah. to fly over. Yes, yes. So yes. I jumped on it right away for one hundred and ninety-seven dollars or whatever. It's on. A, it's on American, and mm-hmm. you don't get your ticket. You're on the plane. You're on the plane, but you don't get to decide. They they put you where they put you. Right. You're going by yourself, right? I'm going by myself. Yeah. It's a one. It's a one seater on one side and a twosie on the other. So you're not going to be well middled, right? You don't have that to worry about. So big deal. What do I care? And it's an hour and five minutes. Five minute flight up down. Mm-hmm. You're in Chicago. Me? You're leaving at what time? Oh, hopefully two thirty. So the plane that I'm in will probably fly over your head. Oh, I'll be gone. But I think yeah. I leave at two twenty. Oh, okay. You're gonna you may you're gonna beat me, and you're mm-hmm. very much gonna beat me to Chicago. Yes. And so, and you're staying not downtown, right? You're staying in the suburbs. Suburbs. Staying in the burbs. Got a homie hookup with my uh, buddy. That's the VP of Country and its Suites. Okay. I told him nice. I'd give him a plug. There it is. There you go. There you go, Barry. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I get the friends and family rate. I need the fa- friends and family rate because hotels are. Three fifty to four hundred, crazy, and we didn't we didn't get in in time for the media rate, right? That, that was gone sure. within a day. Was it really? Yeah, Kakert said, "Well, if you didn't do it the first Kakert day, Kakert didn't get it either." Said it was oh, out, wow. out of there the first day. Absolutely crazy, and you know me, I'm a little stingy. Mm-hmm. Three fifty to four hundred a night. It's bonkers for a hotel room. Plus, you got to park. Yes, and that's, that's sixty seventy bucks. Yes, a night unless you have that. 
What's the what's the app everybody tells me to get in Chicago? I downloaded a app, and I think it's the one that you're talking about. I can't remember. I'd have to look through my park phone. Park app or park spot? Or- yes. Yeah, park spot. Yeah, that sounds right. And it tells you, hey, you can park here, or if there's actually an open spot on the street where you can parallel park. Oh, really? And there's also, yeah, where you can find that and find meter parking that way. This spot is open. Go here. As long as you beat the other person there. It's a pretty good it. idea. Yes, absolutely. Uh, you can reserve spots also doing it that way. So hopefully I'll be able to get a good rate. You might have to help me out carrying equipment, though, uh, especially if I have to b- park a couple blocks away. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. But we'll be there. <clears throat> we'll be there live tomorrow and Friday. Yes. It, it is fun. It really is. Getting to talk to some of the national media types, mm-hmm. get, get their perspective. Hopefully we'll be able to pull a couple of those guys on. And, and the other thing is people, we just don't see. I mean, we talk on the radio a lot, but we don't actually get to see. It is good to get together. And maybe in the evening have a beer. Too. Bill Bender. Yes, absolutely. Although he's not going to be there this year. I he's saw got him ACC. out last year. Yeah, last couple of years he was there, uh, but he won't be there. We will have the Hawkeye players. We mm-hmm. won't have Kirk Ferentz on Friday. Ojemudi, Young, and Stanley are going to drop by our set on Friday. Thank you, Steve Rowe, for facilitating that. It's a TBD. We don't know the exact time yet, uh, but we've been promised that all three of the uh, student-athletes representing the Hawkeye program will join us at some point on Friday. They don't get in till Friday or Thursday night, so there's no chance tomorrow. In fact, Trent and I will be, our show will be ending just when before the first coach takes yeah. the podium, right? Who, is Frost first up? Did I see that? I'm not I certain. I think it is Frost that'll be first up there. Maybe as he's making his way up and getting ready, we can grab him for five minutes. Uh, we'll reach out to the Nebraska. Yeah, they probably won't be bothering in the Nebraska meeting. They'll probably just leave oh, him Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll leave him alone. He, he's all good. Adrian Martinez is going. Did I see that? Yes, yes. He's a sophomore and mm-hmm. one of only two quarterbacks. Him and Nate Stanley will be the only two QBs there. The first time I went to Big Ten Media Days was also, no, it was the second time I'd been there, but it was the first year that Nebraska was there. It was the second time. Mm-hmm. And as I was coming out of the elevator, and I'm riding up with, Oh, who was the coach at the time? It was it wasn't Callahan, but whoever the coach was for Nebraska. Uh Riley? No, it was Callahan. No. Two thousand eleven, I want to say. Regardless. I come out of the elevator. I got my equipment as I'm walking out and he steps out. And there is eight Nebraska fans. Not media members, <laughs> fans waiting at the top of the elevator mm-hmm. where they're not supposed to be, but they're sitting there in the hotel. Waiting to get coach's autograph. It got weirder from there. The the media members and just everywhere you went. I've been to media days before. I'd never seen anything like that. That Nebraska group, they are a different bunch of people. Uh, it's like the Alabama. They always have mm-hmm. to give uh, protection yes. to Nick Saban when he does mm-hmm. it. You know the uh, the most um, eerie, ominous, downtrodden event? Uh, was it 2015 or 16? Remember Sam Fultz, the punter from Nebraska, and a Michigan State player were killed in a car accident. And that was like on the eve, I want to say, of uh, the big... And and Nebraska canceled. Mm -hmm. Nebraska never even came over. I mean, what? how could you, right? Right. Uh, It was the right decision. David Kaplan joins us next. We will talk Chicago Cubs baseball. We'll do some Bears. We'll do some White Sox with Cappy, brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa. Cappy's next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more. From 1460 KXNO.
All right, welcome back. Time to talk to our buddy David Kaplan in Chicago. Is brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa, centurionstoneofiowa.com. More about that coming up as uh, we talk Chicago sports and, well, focusing a whole lot on those Chicago Cubs who play here in the next couple of hours. Cappy, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Boy, just felt that, that uh, when that ball, Schwarber's home run ball, found its way in the basket, a collective sigh of relief, not only from the dugout, but from the fans as well. Felt like they needed that one, Cap. Yeah, that was huge. They needed that in a big, big way, and uh, it was really great to see you know him get that. And then, of course, my Thai guy went viral, yes. stealing the ball from yes. two little kids. But you know, it's just they needed a shot in the arm. Uh, you know, the first inning, I'm sitting there going, "You've got to be kidding me!" Here we two go outs, again. O two on Eugenio Suarez, who's now the biggest Cubs tormentor, and now all of a sudden it's three nothing, and. Boy, give Alec Mills credit, man. He righted the ship and was A-OK. Yeah, I'm with you, Cap, and I didn't think he was going to be able to do that, but you're right. He gives up that three spot in the first inning, back-to-back game. Suarez has gone deep in the uh, uh, in, in the first inning. What did you see in, the, in Mills? What did Madden say after the game about him? Because you're right, he settled down, he got through six, maybe could have come out in the seventh, but they went to the bullpen, which you know may or may not have been the right move. He'd thrown 81 pitches, but what were they saying about Mills after that start? I think he's going to get another start. You know, Tommy Hadovy has, pitching coach has talked, you know, openly about maybe, maybe, maybe we go to a four-man because they've got three days off over the next three weeks, which you know, everyone's complaining they played so many games before the All-Star break and, you know, whatever. It's, it's Major League Baseball and you're going to have stretches where you get time and you're going to have stretches where you don't. But I think they're going to give him another start. I think they really like how he settled down, rallied the troops, and was able to get it done. And, uh, you know, this gives them at least for a night a chance to get some length out of a starter and just relax, take a deep breath, battle back, and find a way to win. Cap, I'm going to go a little goofy here on you. Walk-off win, that's great. Schwarber's first walk-off homer since he was a little kid. All well and good, but take me before the game. Throwing out the first pitch, the alligator catcher. <laughs> Chicago, are, are they still on alligator watch? What's going on over there? I'm, I'm nervous He's making my trapped. way to Chi-Town. They got him. <laughs> Yeah, actually, they caught the gator, so the gator is taken care of, and now they let him throw out the first pitch, and he was there as their guest, and he's hanging out with Billy Williams, so it was cool. I mean, look, it was, somebody was an idiot and threw the gator in the Humboldt Park Lagoon, and everyone was like, oh my God, we got jaws out there, but, you know, they finally caught it, and we can go back to our normal lives. Uh, Cappy Maldonado comes over. Uh, let's first of all, um, you know, uh, dot the I's and cross the T's on Mike Montgomery's Chicago Cubs career. He's back to Kansas City, who drafted him. He'll always be known as being the pitcher that was on the mound for when the final out of the World Series was recorded. I thought they uh, he was a good player for them. Did what he was asked, bullpen, spot starts. Mike Montgomery's tenure as a Cub. Uh, Mike Montgomery is going to be remembered for throwing the biggest pitch in Major League Baseball history. <laughs> when you act, you know, add in 108 years of insanity, and you know this wasn't just the Yankees winning another World Series or Boston winning their third in you know the 2000 range. So this was like the biggest moment. If he doesn't get Michael Martinez, then Michael Martinez hits a home run. And all of a sudden, the Cubs lose. Yeah, like he'd go down as the biggest goat in Chicago history, and instead, he made a big pitch in a big spot. And I interviewed him about it. Oh, it got to be eight, ten months ago, 
I said, I want, you know, now it's the time's best. Take me back to that moment. He's like, dude, I was freaking terrified <laughs> I that I'd warmed up multiple times. My arm was dead. I was exhausted. And it's been a long season. I came from Seattle, and I get dropped in from Seattle to Chicago Cubs baseball. And he said, I literally was in the dugout in Seattle, and a guy came in who had run into the clubhouse to use the bathroom and had checked his phone and said, dude, you just got traded to the Cubs. And he's like, what? And he was devastated. He's like, I don't want to go to the Cubs. And he said the whole team gathered him and said, are you an idiot? Have you ever been to Wrigley? Do you have any idea? That's the best team in baseball. You could win a ring. And he said, I came home. I told my wife, I don't want to leave. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to leave, but let's give this Chicago thing a, a run. He goes, and then I throw the final pitch to win the World Series after 108 years. You could have told me that. I never would have believed you. But in the end, all that goes down. He's a hero, but he wanted to be a starter. He wanted to have a chance to make a big payday, and that wasn't going to happen here. And so they move him to Kansas City because they needed a catcher with Contreras going on the injured list. And Martin Maldonado is a guy they've coveted for a long time as a backup because he's an elite defender, won the gold glove in 17. So all's well that ends well. Mike did his job. Cubs win. And now you move on. Uh, so, Quintreras, when he does get healthy, Caratini's had a nice season, although him and Rizzo had a little uh, communication problem in the eighth inning on uh, on Monday night. But but that aside, that's one play. I thought he's had, a, he's had a nice year. Three catchers, Cap. How will they handle that? Well, they handled it in 2016. They had no problem when it was Contreras, Ross, and Montero. So I don't think it's a big problem. Plus, don't forget, with no waiver deadline this year, mm-hmm. you can't make deals in August like you know on waivers like you have for the previous 75 years. If you don't have a catcher in your system that can play at the major league level, you're screwed if you don't make a deal. So this way, Caratini can be a backup first baseman. Contreras can play a little bit in the outfield. Maldonado can least help out as a pinch hitter. He's not a great hitter, but he's a great defender. Like you have some options here. So they were going to add a catcher. I still think they're going to go out and add a pinch running type guy. Terrence Gore was just designated for assignment, who the Cubs had a year ago. And he's not a very good player in terms of offensive defense, but he's you know as fast as lightning. So I could see that type of move, a Billy Hamilton kind of move. I just don't know how big a deal they're going to make to try and get a top-of-the-order bat. David Kaplan joining us here. Cap, uh, to today, 121st pitch, another game. It's one of 162 against the Reds. But because the Reds have won every series, a little bit more importance on this game, or am I overstating it? Yeah, overstating it. It's still July, what, uh, 17th? (laughs) It's another game. Yes, you want to win, but okay, if they lose today, they're still going to wake up tomorrow in first place. So I don't think it's that big a deal. But, you know, they're, they're going to go out and try and win a baseball game. I tell my son, hey, man, every day you wake up and you, it's incredibly hard, but you try to find a way to win a baseball game. And that's what they'll try and do today. But is today a humongous game? No. Hmm. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible for us to speak with Cappy on a weekly basis. Cappy, you Darvish goes today. Here's where I'll say it's kind of important. I think it's important he finally gets that. Haven't won a game at Wrigley Monkey off his back. He was really good uh, in his last start. Probably should have, you know, he's unlucky that he didn't get the win. His last two starts, he's both gone six plus in both of those. Darvish seems to be finding his game a little bit. Need to get him a win at Wrigley Field, Cap. 
Yeah, they do. I don't think it's a huge monkey on his back, but I know what you're saying. He threw six shutouts the other day. He went to management and said, I want the first game out of the break. I want to be that guy who gets us off to a good start. And, look, he's handled the challenge in L.A. He handled the Arietta start, Mm -hmm. and he handled this one. So, you know, people say he can't pitch in high leverage. I don't buy that. I think he just needed to get comfortable, and I think he's going to be okay. I think this guy, you look at hard hit percentage of balls that you throw, hit hard, he's fifth best in baseball behind it goes Strasburg, Giolito. This was as of the All-Star break. Strasburg, Giolito, Dylan Bundy, Chris Sale, and now you Darvish. I had guys like Max Scherzer and others. So his analytics are trending in the right direction. Well, as good as it's been out of the break here for the Cubs, it's been the opposite for the White Sox as they've lost five straight. You mentioned Lucas Giolito the other night. He was okay. Got a quality start, but a loss to the Royals. And, of course, before the break, he got beat up pretty good by the Cubs. What are you seeing out of Giolito? He's starting to take a little bit of a step back in this White Sox team as a whole. Yeah, he doesn't get a lot of support. You know, I saw a stat as of, I think, yesterday or Monday. Like 31 of their last 33 or 35 hits were singles. So they're wow. trying to single you to death. And when you don't have great offensive players, that's a really tough recipe to try and find a way to win. So... They've got to be better offensively, give him more support. You don't have Tim Anderson. Now Jimenez is going to go on the injured list, it looks like. So there's some issues with that team. Anyone who thought that this could be a playoff team was deranged. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're building. It's a process. It's a process. I'm not con- con- uh, convinced they're a playoff team next year either. I think 2021 is when their window really opens. Uh, Cap, uh, two weeks from today is July the 31st, trade deadline day. Are you hearing anything uh, surrounding the Cubs? Theo said he's you know, he's willing to tip, dip into the farm, not that it's real deep at the top of it, but only for the right move, clearly. What are you hearing trade-wise, if anything? They want a bench bat. They want a guy who can lead off some, and they want a left-handed reliever. I think they're going to make two moves, so... We'll see. I think there'll be two new faces here. Uh, Ian Happ is playing his best baseball of the year, especially in the batter's box. Uh, he's hitting three forty one in his last 10 games. He's driven in eight. He's homered four times. Ian Happ seems to be one of those guys that they're going to use as part of this trade, don't you think? Um, depends what the price to make the trade is. Maybe it's better to give Ian Happ another chance here. We'll see. They're not going to trade the top of their system unless the deal is absolutely a no-brainer. Super Bowl 54 champion Chicago Bears report to camp <laughs> in just over a week. Cap, what's the buzz like uh, as we get ready for training camp in Bourbon A? People are fired up. Matt Nagy's throwing out the first pitch at Wrigley today, and then he said from that point on, it's business. Game mm. time. Let's go. Mm. So uh, excited to get to camp. We'll be broadcasting live there. and. This team's window to win a Super Bowl is open. Let's see if they can do it. Last thing, Cap, and kind of a personal question. Um, you didn't work on Monday night. Are they They're not uh, minimizing your work schedule, but are they trying to you know, ease in the new guy who did it? Luke, uh, what's Luke's last name? Um, Luke Stockhart? Yeah. Are, is that just um, any, anything to that, Cap, that they're, you know, you're not going to be there next year, no, as we I know? Doing, I was doing a charity event for one of my ah. best friends whose son died. Gotcha. So. Yeah, and Luke's not. We're not going to have the Cubs, and Luke's with us, so he won't be doing the Cubs either. Of course, that's a fair point. Mm-hmm. Uh, great stuff, Cappy. Thank you, my friend. We will talk to you, you a week from it. today. See you, buddy. Look forward to it. Have yep. a good time. Good to talk to you. Yeah, good point. That doesn't make sense. Um, 
So we got to find another name to throw in there to take over the pre and post for the Cubs. That'll be on the what's the name of the network? Spectrum. I don't Spectre. Remember. I don't remember. Anyway, it's going to be different. Cappy's it will not be. Going to be yes. a part of it. Um, hope Deshays is a part of it. Hope Len Casper's part of it. I have no reason to believe that they won't be. Uh, pretty good broadcast. They really have grown on me. How about you, Marquee? Marquee Network. Marquee Network. Yeah, I really like that crew. It's probably my top five. I would say. Give they, me their others. Oh, I like, I like your twins, but he's, and and I don't as much. I probably like the Cubs. If crew they better. had, if they had the same analyst night after night, if it was Bly Levin, um, so you're a bigger Bly Levin and fan Bremer. than I. I love Bremer. I do too. I do not like Bert. Who would you like with him? Of the guys, somebody that had. they've never used. Yeah, because I I don't know the answer. Or Roy Smalley, I think might be the best of them, mm, but he's maybe. just Morneau's not do, getting it done. No, Hunter annoys me. Yeah, yep, I'm with you there. Jack Morris is depends what night you get him. You're right, yes. Depends on how grumpy he is that that's, day. That's true, but boy, I mean, look at you, you can't knock the resume that he brings and he does, you know, he inject his what happened when he would be on there and mm-hmm. you have to res- absolutely respect that. For crying out loud, he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, so back to the question. Give me Brewers. A, yeah, they're very, good. they're very good. They're very good. Brian Anderson's at the top for me. He's my mm-hmm. favorite play-by-play guy, I think, at this point. Who else do I like? Like the Red Sox crew. Don't like yeah. the, don't like the Yes Network, right? Doesn't do it for me. Dan Schulman, I enjoy, and I don't watch a ton of Blue Jays anymore. Yeah. But Schulman, um, Moonlights does a few of the game, probably twenty twenty five games of the year because uh, now that he's no longer with ESPN. Him and Buck Martinez, that's not a bad team. Tom Hamilton, yeah. With How about uh, Brennerman and company? He's really good. Uh, what and uh, Jeff Brantley, right? Is yes, the, is the yes. analyst good the call there? Yeah, pitcher. Yep, that one would be up there. I, I always uh, enjoy those broadcasts when I get them. You know, now, I don't we have haven't the... mentioned the, the, the team that we carry here on KXNO, but we don't like the. I'm not. That's not our Dan TV McLaughlin's crew. not a guy. A guy that um, Kansas City. I just can't get into. Uh, oh God, what's the guy's name? Uh, Fiziak. Steve. Yeah, Steve Fiziak. Yep, uh, he drives me nuts. Oh, and we forgot Jason Benetti. Outstanding. The White Sox went from 30th to certainly top 10 and probably... No, top 5 for me, too. Yeah, Yeah, good point. Benetti's excellent, and of course, Steve Stone is as good as an analyst as you're going to find. Totally agree with you. Shame on us. We should have had that one uh, very quickly in this conversation. All right. John Miller's going to join the program next. Uh, We will uh, talk to John Miller, HawkeyeNation.com. I've got to get into uh, that Dace's college football preview yes it is spectacular and you can find it online you can and it's free no cost it's a pdf download it's gonna take a down it's gonna take a while to download (laughs) that it is it is so detailed i i want to get into you know what does he get out of it other than the sheer joy yeah and because i think that's it's obviously a passion Mm -hmm. and he's a brilliant college football mind it's a um if you're a college football fan, carve out some time and spend some time with it. doesn't cost you anything. John Miller next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station. Oh, I forgot to do this. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible to talk to Cappy. You have to do that. Uh, whether you're looking for manufactured natural stone to accent or update your exterior or interior project of any size, Centurion Stone of Iowa, variety of style patterns and colors for your every need. Uh, Centurion Stone has over 200 color pattern combinations. Visit the showroom or you can talk, check them out online check them out online centurion stone of iowa the showroom is 5525 northeast 22nd street in des moines back with john miller miller and condon des moines sports station 1460 oh.
Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Final segment of the program. Thanks for being here with us. If you've missed any portion of it, you want to hear something again, uh, you go to the podcast page at KXNO.com. He's John Miller, HawkeyeNation.com. Big Ten Media Days start tomorrow. Uh, 10 to noon, we'll be there live, uh, broadcasting from Radio Row. John Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. John Miller, how are you? I'm doing okay. Just got a little summer allergies, but uh, we can we can survive. Um, we can't survive without uh, one of the staples of the college football lead-up, and that's Dace's. <laughs> I, want, I want to pick your brain on this just for a couple of minutes, if you don't mind. Yeah. It is such a detailed read, John. Uh, I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that he's found a way to monetize this. He should. He's a brilliant college football mind. I enjoy it every year. It is incredibly detailed. Uh why does he do it? Is it just a passion and a true love for the game? Yeah, it, it, it dates back to, I think, the late 80s or 90s whenever he was in college. And, you know, he, he would always talk about his picks. And some guy's like, well, why don't you make your own preview? And he's like, okay, I will. <laughs> and he's been doing it ever since. And, and he and I have been talking about this. And it's been a part of our either radio show or podcast right. for well over a decade it gets better and better. Obviously, the production value on it now is fantastic. And he starts working on this like in February, January, March, and he's constantly updating and going through. And, you know, he, he's actually beginning now to apply some of the, um, let's just say, his burgeoning handicapping skills uh, that he's been able to. Uh, he's got some system. You know, everybody says a system and you roll your eyes and you're close to people in Vegas and you roll your eyes. But, man, his numbers have been so good. And I've we've gone back and retroactively scored his success rate on his preseason picks. And it's better than anybody I've seen. It's better than Phil Steele. It's better than any magazine I've ever come across. So, you know, whether, whether or not you agree with this politics, and I certainly don't always, mm-hmm. um, you know, we try to keep it agnostic and on topic and on sports when we talk for the most part. And his magazine is all about football. It's a great read, truly is, and uh, yeah, no doubt about that. Well, be anxious to uh, to see because Phil Steele is year after year, John, as you know, uh, the most accurate uh, of the magazines. And if Dace is beating him, uh, that says a lot. He likes Minnesota a lot in the Big Ten West. Do you? Not as much as he does, but when you look at what Minnesota's schedule is compared to what Iowa's schedule is compared to maybe Nebraska's road schedule. Um, I, I think that you can certainly see it from here. I think when you look at the overall uh, talent they have at their skill position, uh, they, they've got some really good talent in there. Their offensive numbers combined using Dace's metrics are as good as any team in the West. Now, they don't have a trigger man like Iowa does or like Nebraska does, so it's really going to come down to the quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Uh, can that quarterback, make whomever they choose to be quarterback, can he make a difference? and make the plays, and if so, they're going to be a factor. But, you know, for me, I want to see Minnesota get it done in the trenches before I believe it, but, man, last time we looked at Minnesota, they were uh, they were taking Paul Bunyan's axe, and it's still in their possession. And I, I do agree with him that I think Wisconsin, I think their, their fallback last year is not going to be a one-time thing. I think that they're going to have another season where they're very challenged, especially considering the losses they have along the offensive line. And I don't think that defense is going to bounce back to you know 2015, 2016 levels. 
You know, John, it's so interesting watching the Big Ten West and the conversations. Minnesota got a first-place vote in the Cleveland.com preseason media poll today. I saw people freaking out about that. Nebraska was the choice in the West. I saw Hawkeye fans freaking out about that. It The rivalry component and the way this is built now with the proximity and everything else, it's got to be a good thing for Iowa football in these rivalries. They got four trophy games, but it just feels like it's building more and more this year-in, year-out wager between the four teams kind of surrounding Iowa and the rivalries that are intact. Yeah, and it's kind of fun that, you know, mm-hmm. Minnesota's at least being considered. Yeah. I think everybody thinks that Minnesota's going to be a salty team. Uh, we all know that Wisconsin, even if they are going to be down that with their style, it still doesn't mean you're going to beat them. Uh, you know, Iowa's making the transition to this, you know, four-two-five type style of defense. How's that going to work against Wisconsin? Um, Iowa, very talented team. Um, and Nebraska, Nebraska, if, if they are adequate in the trenches this year, then they they probably have eight wins in the bag. You know, they their their trench play has not been great really since Indomitian Sue was there. In the last couple of years, man, I'm sounding like Bobby Brady with my voice, but, um, you know, the last few years it's been very, very subpar. If they're just adequate in the trenches, I think that they're definitely a title contender. So I think it's great that you've got four, and, oh, of course, we're forgetting the team that won the Big Ten West with two weeks to play last year, Northwestern, in all of this. Oh, and by the way, Purdue isn't going anywhere, and they've out-schemed Iowa the last two years better than almost anybody has in the Kirk Ferentz era. You know, people can dog and dish on the West. You know, there's not the firepower at the top like there is in the East. I think Michigan State, if if they get Brian the Workie of 2017, I think right. Michigan State can win that league, that division. So, but it's it's a really it's a good league that's going to give us a lot of drama from week to week. No doubt about it. In the West of the division is just going to be uh, just a, and we're all going to be searching for our tiebreakers, John. We need to be uh, fully up to speed on those once the calendar turns to November because yeah. we're uh, all going to be looking at them. I'm always looking forward to your first tweet of the year pursuant to Nebraska and the Omaha branch of Pravda kicked things off proper <laughs> yesterday. Boy, I got to chuckle out of that. You you love the, uh, the back and forth between the Nebraska writers uh, and their love for Big Red. You know what's funny? As you know, I used to be a Kool-Aid deliverer myself. I'm not anymore. But as I made that tweet last night, I'm like, I wonder if Ken's going to see this. Absolutely because did. Because <laughs> I, I, I almost included in it that I'm going to ban, I'm going to block every Nebraska writer so I don't have to see this stuff anymore because it just pisses me off. But then I thought, man, if I did that, I'm going to deprive Ken Miller <laughs> Of, of a simple joy and satisfaction in life. So I'll hold on just a little bit longer for you. Sitting in my chair, John, and I got a great big smile on my face. So mission accomplished, <laughs> and thank you very much. John, By the way, I got to ask you this. How, yeah. how was it getting out of that chair uh, other than going from your house to KXNO and going and actually leaving the state in a car and seeing the Rolling Stones? That was spectacular. Man, that was such a great show. We flew we flew over, but uh, nonetheless, Soldier Field. Uh, it was tough, but so glad that I did. And, of course, Trent and I are going right back there to, uh, mm-hmm. today for Big That's Ten right. Media That's Days. I right. uh, look forward to doing that. John, uh, one basketball question for you. It's been a, an interesting offseason, certainly for the basketball team, what we yeah. maybe thought they could have been coming off uh, uh, the tough loss to Tennessee in overtime in the second round of the tournament. But where are you at right now, just with this program as a whole? What's, what's the summer feelings for Hoops and John Miller? You know, I was thinking about that the other day mowing my yard, and 
I'm like, is this team like eighth, ninth, tenth mm. in the Big Ten? Yeah. I mean, with without Bohannon, if, if he is lost for the season, which is not official yet, but if he is, obviously they have a grad transfer coming in, and Connor's there, and they have the, the true freshman coming in. But that's going to be a whole lot of show me. I think that this team, I, the, the, the troubles and problems are still the troubles and problems. They, they you know, in, until we're proven differently, they don't have a guard that consistently break down the opposition off the dribble. Maybe the freshman's going to be that way, Toussaint. I don't know, but he's a freshman, and he's not big. Um, you know, Moss, Isaiah Moss was the one guy who could do that. He was inconsistent offensively, and he's gone. So, and Tyler Cook was the one player on Iowa's team the last few years that the opposition really didn't have a way to shut down. They could just try to slow him down and force him to try to do things that he wasn't comfortable with. So I, I'm not really all that high on this team heading into the season. I think they're really going to struggle. Hmm. Last thing, John, for me, anyways, back to football. And I know Rob Howe and a bunch of uh, Iowa media members, uh, yourself included, uh, uh, put your um, thinking caps on, came up with an all-ference team. What was the most difficult position? Ha- tight end had to be just a nightmare. Uh, offensive line, the tackle position, I mean, the left tackle position had to be... Or, or was it? I mean, Gallery and Clark were the two at the top, and I, you've clearly, I believe, got the right two. But there had to be some back-and-forth conversation. Were those the two most difficult positions in your mind? I felt th- those certainly were difficult. I mean, left tackle, it's Robert Gallery. That was pretty simple, but right tackle was a challenge. I think that center wasn't necessarily a laydown. Tight end was excruciating. Mm-hmm. I went with T.J. Hawkinson um, and then Dallas Clark. And then I remember, you know, seeing the true freshman Tony Moyaki walking up from the Jacobson building at Iowa's first open practice and thinking, this kid was on the little yellow short bus last year, right. you know, a Norm Parker line uh, that I learned from Norm. And, and, and he, he probably had more physical gifts than any tight end of the Ferris era. It's just that he couldn't stay healthy. But I, I think Hawkins, I mean, Kittle was what, sixth or seventh right. on that list? Crazy. You know, Scott Chandler is an overlooked and underrated yes. tight end in Iowa history. So that's that was an incredible – that was probably the deepest list. But quarterback, for me, I, I love Brad Banks. I love the 2002 season. But I went with Drew Tate. I do, I do too. Um, you know, I, I think that, that Banks, you know, Banks quarterbacked an offense that had the greatest offensive line in school history, that had arguably the best tight end in school history, that had one of the top three running backs of the last, you know – 30, 40 years, and behind that line could get lost in the wash. I, that's Banks was through to more wide-open receivers than I've ever seen any Iowa quarterback have because you had to sell out to stop the run. So I went with Tate, and then I went with Banks, and then I went with Stanzi. Um, I, I just think Tate and Stanzi had that you know multi-year exposure. Some people want to go with Beathard, and I get it. You know, and if if Nate Stanley has 26 or more touchdown passes again this year, has the Iowa school record, the second or third all-time in Big Ten history for touchdown passes somewhere in there. Probably got to give him some consideration if we did this again. Indeed. C.J. Beathard, my favorite of the quarterbacks, just for his toughness. Uh, we got uh, 30 seconds left, uh, John. Biggest slam dunks, Bob Sanders and maybe Nate Kading? Easily. Yep. I mean, the, the, those were automatic, yep. um, unanimous. Bob Sanders, to me, if you want to put a face of the program, of, of everyone that's played in the Kirk Ferentz era, Bob's the face. Check it out, folks. Hawkeye and Nation. I, and, I, and, I, and, I, 
And I bet Kirk would say the same thing. Yeah, I bet he would too. Uh, Hawkeye Nation seed, if you haven't already done so. John, thank you. Look forward to doing this a whole bunch more times, a lot more frequently in the weeks slash months to come. Thank you, John Miller. Thanks, guys. See you. Good to talk to you. John Miller, HawkeyeNation.com. All right, Trent, we'll see you in Chicago. Safe travels up and there. And to you, my friend. Thunderstorm's going to hit and you. Yeah, wonderful flying weather. <laughs> um, Murph and Andy, you too. Fanatics and four. Morning Rush will start again tomorrow. See you. 1460 KXNO.